0: This is The Sarah Swain Show, where we talk all things bold and courageous business and have big and free conversations with brave humans. Nothing is off the table here, so get ready to be moved, challenged, empowered, and propelled into action. All right, everyone, welcome to The Sarah Swain Show. This is a very, very, very special episode that I'm I feel very honored to be able to host. It packs a little bit of a different meaning um, and a a really, really, really big purpose. So I'm uh, thrilled to be able to introduce three authors from The Sovereign Book, which, as this airs live, is actively on pre-sale on Amazon and all of us. I'm speaking on behalf of all the smiling faces I see here on the screen. Screen, that we would very much appreciate your support. We'll leave the link to go get your copy in the show notes of this episode. Uh, we ask that you share, uh, help us get the word out. The stories that are in this book are incredibly powerful uh, and serve a much greater purpose than I think all of us that are even in this book fully understand right now. Uh, and it's, it's something that we see as a, a legacy piece that um, we're leaving behind, not just for the folks who are here with us, In 2022, but those generations who will uh, continue to read these stories. So without further ado, I have uh, Megan, Lindsay, and Chelsea here with me. And as I mentioned, they're co-authors in The Sovereign. So I just thought it would be really great to have the authors come together and just have kind of like a round table discussion around this book that we have all contributed to, um, get an understanding of why on earth all of us strangers got together to be like, yes, we should all write a book. We don't know who the hell one another is, but we're gonna do this together. This seems like a, a normal, logical, sensible thing to do.
1: Um, so
0: I feel like there was a, a a deeper pull for all of us to connect with one another, uh, let alone be able to embark on something um such as a publishing journey together and and be not just willing but excited to share the pages of this book. Um with with all of these authors so uh chelsea a quick intro from you where are you where are you coming from in canada
2: i live in carstairs alberta so it's about 45 minutes i guess north of calgary a small town live here with my husband um and, and our two kids awesome and yes. Lindsay.
1: I am in Calgary for now, I'm moving next week, um, but I'm in Calgary for now and I'm here with yeah, my husband and my son and our, our two fur kids.
0: So two Albertans, well three I guess if you include me. Meeks,
3: where are you coming from? I'm the Ontario girl in the group. <laughs> so I'm in uh, Elmville, Ontario, just about an hour and a half north of Toronto with um, my two kids that live at home, our two fur babies, my hubby.
0: Awesome. So it's interesting, because this book, uh, there's like almost an even split between Ontarians and Albertans, and then we've got Lees in the middle in in Manitoba. So that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see if we do future uh, editions of The Sovereign, if we're going to have more representation coming in from Canada. But there was obviously something calling the Ontarians and Albertans uh, towards this book. So Uh, Migs, I'll start with you. Obviously, you are someone who has a little bit of a different perspective because we work so closely together in so many things that we do in my businesses and uh, a lot of former publishing projects, too, um, that you could have easily jumped in on any of the books that I've ever had in production. But this was the one that you were like, yes, like, yes, how do I do this? What do I need to do? Why do I need to share my story? What was it for you about The Sovereign that made you uh, have that like
3: resounding yes I think for me, it was, I needed people to know what really happened. Mm -hmm. So much was hidden um, these past two years. So much was shoved under the rug. So much was lied about. I needed the truth to be told. And I needed people to know exactly what we had all experienced and what we had all been through.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that. Thank you, Meigs. Um, Lindsay, what was it for you? Why the sovereign?
1: I really don't know, to be honest. I just felt like I think you posted in your stories on Instagram that you were looking for authors for this book. And I just like felt this like pull to it. And I I don't even know that I really knew what I was getting into, to be perfectly honest. I don't think I knew that it was gonna be like as big as we're kind of anticipating it's gonna be and mm-hmm. how powerful it's gonna be. I don't think I really knew. I was just like, oh, this is cool. I can like be an author. This is awesome. I'm like, I have a, sh- a story to share. Like this sound this sounds great. And then I got into it and I was like, oh, this is big. I get to be part of this. And like now I have like horrible imposter syndrome from it. But it's like so I don't know. I just felt pulled to it. I'm so glad that I did and that I get to be part of it, but like I I can't I don't know I can't explain it.
0: It was it was a feeling for you as opposed to like a logical sensible decision that you thought out it was just something it's like yes I need to do this don't need to know the how or the why but this is something I gotta do
1: I even told my husband that I'm like so I signed up to be part of a book and he's like you did what and I was like (laughs) yeah I don't really know I'm just doing it and I'm really excited about it and he's like uh should we talk about this I'm like no it's just happening (laughs) like it was just a feeling I just knew I had to do it and like there's no logic to it whatsoever
0: I I feel like I have a lot of those conversations with my husband
1: (laughs) You're doing what?
0: I'm like it's it's fine, it's fine. I felt I felt like I needed to. Uh,
2: Chelsea, what about you? Well, I sort of I remember seeing your posts. I think that's how I I finally saw you. Sarah was around the trucker convoy when you posted, and your emotions were just so real and so raw. And I just saw like another real person that was like really putting themselves out there. And I knew from you know, side conversations through email and social media, and, and you know, meetings I had gone to on the down low. I knew there was other people like us out there, um, and I knew we weren't crazy fringe people that the media painted us to. I knew we were moms and dads, and you know, grandmas, and just hardworking everyday people. And so when I saw you, and then. I started following you and then Ron, the book came up and I just, I knew I had to do it. I didn't feel my story was necessarily spectacular anyway, or, but I just knew I had to share it and to just show another side to this so that, you know, down the road, it's not just the media's portrayal of what happened. There was lots that went on that most people to this day still have, have no idea. Mm.
0: I can relate to that so much because that was really the biggest pull for me when it came to the concept of this book. um, Because I've published many, and this one came to me, and I share this in the foreword of the book that um, y'all haven't got a chance to read yet. But it was uh, the moment where uh, I was sitting around my fire pit alone, going through a very difficult time in my personal life as a result of all of these things, uh, and just like you, Chelsea, it's like, I knew that there were other people, but we didn't really understand the magnitude of just how many of us there are until the trucker convoy, which, in my opinion, is exactly why they shut it down, um, because they they simply couldn't be discredited to that magnitude. Um, so, you know, prior to the convoy, that sense of uh, isolation of, am I the only person that thinks like this? I Seen some stuff on social media, but people seemed to disappear really fast. And that was in the height of just accounts getting deleted, you know, left, right, and center. Um, But it was then that I, I had this idea to bring this book together because my fear was exactly that the media's narrative was what was going to be forever told as the truth. And the thought of that was painful in my physical body. To think that decades from now, uh, even children would be learning about this from the perspective of the government uh, in the education system, as opposed to we need to talk to real life human beings about what's going on here and how people have been impacted, and and uh, arguably those who were impacted. Um, you know, in in the sense of job loss and isolation and ridicule and shame and guilt and coercion and all of these things, um, are some of the most dangerous people right now when it comes to the establishment. And uh, just knowing that we're going to have the opportunity to share our side of this and really dive into. Freedom. Freedom has obviously been a very popular word over the last two to three years. And what I have been particularly fascinated with is um, people not fully understanding the reality of freedom and what we're actually asking for when we say we want freedom and the personal responsibility heightened, heightened level of personal responsibility that uh, comes with freedom. So this is what I love about our book so much, because what all of your journeys mean to you when it came to you understanding what personal freedom meant to you and how that transpired in your life, how you landed on this, knowing that you are innately free Regardless of what your employer does, your social circles do, the restaurants do, the government does, whatever is going on, you are innately free. And to know this is like stepping into another world. So the stories that you have all shared, which by the way, to the listeners, uh, unless the authors have been like sharing stories with one another, y'all haven't even read the full book yet. I'm the only person that has at the time of recording right now, I'm the only person that has read the entirety of the sovereign book. And what I am blown away by is that your journey to personal freedom from one author to the next is radically different. What I'm equally blown away by is that we all intersected during these times. So between 2020, 2021, 2022, All of these paths that we've been walking, boom, all of a sudden they all intersected because it all of a sudden became very transparent that freedom is a deeply seated value within us and in our own moral codes that all of a sudden came roaring to the front when it felt as though that was under attack. So freedom for one author in this book may mean something completely different than Uh, another author and the perspective and the life experience they've had. Um, And this is what makes this book so powerful is that this isn't just a book of all of us sharing why we chose not to get the arm squirt, right? Like this is not just, hey, I'm going to advocate for why I'm against vaccine mandates. This, This book is so deep in your personal journeys of what led you to uh, your sovereignty in 2021, 2022, what led you to be able to stand so strong in the face of arguably the largest and most terrifying propaganda we've seen in our generation on a global scale, um, the paths that you all walked to get to that place are are so different from one author to the next. So, Lindsay, would you um, be able to give like a 60 second snapshot of what your story
1: is about? So mine is, oh gosh, 60 seconds. Okay. (laughs) Um, I would say it's about how I had my baby during the pandemic um, and my postpartum depression was wild, obviously, because the world was so scared of everything. I was going through my own stuff. And in my own healing journey, I had to deal with and unpack a lot of things from my past that had to do with um, the trauma of fear-based control and gaslighting and so much stuff from my past that I dealt with. And as I was going through my therapy for that, I started, as I was healing from all that stuff from my past, I was noticing it still going on in the present too with the government. And I was like, wait a minute something is really wrong here. Like I'm going through the same thing twice here. Like I'm dealing with it from the past, but also in the present in two different ways. So there was a lot of emotional unpacking for me um, in all of that. And it led to my awakening. So I just think it's really wild that I had to go through the same thing twice in two very different ways. But at the end of the day, having, having my son and having a baby in the pandemic is what led me to my awakening. And I don't know that I would have gotten there without him. So my whole story is kind of about how becoming a mother led me to waking up to what's going on in our world and, oh. and where that, where that leads me today.
0: Thank yeah. you. No, that's excellent. I'm going to transfer over to Meigs now because the whole time you were talking, Meigs head was like ferociously bobbing up and down. Like, yes, I can relate. I can relate. So Meigs, do you want to give uh, a quick review on what you shared in your chapter?
3: Yeah, so um, mine is actually quite similar because I correlated past, like my past and and gaslighting and all kinds of things and traumas that I experienced in the past with what ended up happening with our government and how it, it did, it woke me up and I was like, wait a second, I have been here, I have done this and because I've been here and I've done this, actually know what to do. Mm. Um, And it all kind of like culminated. um, Nobody knows this, so it will come out with this podcast, but I was actually an admin for the Freedom Convoy Facebook page. And all of the admins were deactivated by Facebook. Our accounts were shut down. And it was in that moment that I was I had already been waking up, but it was in that moment that I was wide awake. And that was the minute that the light bulb went off. And I was like, I've been here before. And now I know what to do.
0: I have goosebumps. Cause like, I remember that day um, when all of a sudden Meeks is like, my accounts are gone. Whoa. And just allowing that to really land of just what we were dealing with. So people who have history with being controlled, especially with tool with the tool of fear as the number one weapon of like, do this in order to avoid that as opposed to do this so that you can obtain this, like, there's, there's, uh, you know, inspiration where you can And, um, you know, be influenced by people because you're like, oh, I could, I could be able to do this if I, you know, do that. That's a correlation I'm seeing. But this is very much, this is, you know, going into trauma and abuse and narcissism and gaslighting um, and how they all intersected for you as individuals and the mirror that was all of a sudden facing you again with this knowing of, oh, I've been controlled this way before how is this happening again? I know a lot of people are going to be able to relate to that. Uh, Chelsea, what about you? Um, Give the folks a quick view of what your chapter is about.
2: So mine is kind of about, like, I look back at who I was in 2019, and I was just living in fear, but it was fear of rejection, fear of disappointing others, just going through the motions of life and just being everything to everyone, you know, being who I thought I needed to be doing what I thought I needed to do. And I was, I was just over, overcome with anxiety. I was constantly stressed, um, just miserable. Yet I had everything I could ever want. I was privileged, as they say, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. That's what I always wanted to be. Like I was lucky in every way, shape or form, but I just, I totally lost who I was. So when the pandemic hit, at first when we were able, um, when we were forced to stay home, that first month or two was a true gift to me. I was able to just finally take a breath and breathe. I was able to just be at home with my family. Um, our our crazy hectic schedule was gone. We were able to just do what we wanted when we wanted to. It wasn't about going to visit friends and going to the amusement park and going to see a movie. We you know, just time together, we slow down. And so I think that helped kind of reset my nervous system and help me see things in a new way. Um, and then so my journey and, you know, I was always a rule follower, always did what I was supposed to do. I'm a type A personality, a firstborn, like that's just my personality. But when things started, you know, progressing with the pandemic and nothing started to make sense I started questioning. I started looking into things. I started typing things on Twitter and my Twitter account was taken down. That was early on, like the end of 2020. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? Um, And so my story is just about by, by fall 2021 when the kids had to wear masks and, and teachers are being forced to potentially, um, get the vaccine, be mandated for the vaccine. I was like, enough. Mm -hmm. And I started speaking out. And to my surprise, I was contacted by hundreds of people, community and other communities and other school divisions. And I knew I was not alone and I didn't have an employer that I was beholden to. Um, I had the freedom to be able to, to try to, to make some kind of a difference. And so Now I'm a much different person than I was in 2019. The cage I had put myself in, I finally opened that door. And um, I know how much authenticity means to me. I know how much my freedom means to me. And I won't stop fighting for it.
0: Mm, I can relate to this so much too. And going back to the conversation about like, what is the reality of freedom? You know, one thing that I find so disheartening that I see so often is uh, you know, the cry for freedom, but then we have ourselves in these cages of people pleasing and doing everything under the sun and not putting ourselves first and not feeling like we have any control over our day or how our time is spent. And we're not really looking at freedom as personal freedom, not just government mandates and things that we're feeling forced to do or coerced into or shamed or guilted into, it's like, how are we actually showing up for ourselves? And are we allowing ourselves to be free in all that we do? Um, Or are we living in a literal cage, even though we have the key in our hand? Um, So I can completely relate with your story in that regard too, because for me, the last two years, um, I've arguably experienced the largest personal transformation of my adult life uh, in just allowing myself to show up Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. the real me and the freedom of authenticity is something that I will never, ever, ever Mm -hmm. take for granted ever again. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wish more people could experience it. Um, Meigs, what does sovereignty mean to you? When you think of the word sovereignty and you can feel into it, what words come to mind? Um, what feelings come to mind for you when you think of "I'm I'm a sovereign being"?
3: Ooh, that's a big question. I know. Holy. Whoa, honestly, I think it just means it seems so simple, but like I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the one in charge. It's it's me.
0: Isn't that so strange that? We have become so far removed from actually feeling like we're in charge of our own lives that to all of a sudden feel as though you're in charge of your own life
3: almost feels foreign. It feels so weird to even look back and think like, oh my God, just yeah. gave away all this stuff, just like wrapped up with a pretty bow. Here you go. It's so weird to me. And I, I, it does seem, Yeah. I just am like it's just I'm in charge. Like, I don't know why I ever gave that away to anybody mm. or anything. Amen.
0: Uh, what about you, Chelsea?
2: Yeah, I agree. I feel the same way that this is my life and I get to choose what my life looks like, regardless of what anybody else thinks. And that's hard because I don't want to disappoint people around me, especially because they're used to me being a certain way and doing things in a certain way. And but this is my life, and I only have one life here. And I refuse to live it, feeling anxious all the time, and doing things I feel comfortable with or I don't truly want to do. So, it's it's not easy, and I'm slowly learning to grow and heal and to step further into my authenticity. But, um, yeah, it's 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 our life. we get to live them. And again, it's crazy
0: to think that that was something that wasn't at the forefront of absolutely every decision that we've made in our adult life up until this point. Like, why wasn't that just the default? The fact totally. that, yeah, the fact that the default has been <laughs> reliance and always, uh, you know, depending on other people or other systems or uh, other sources to be able to experience life. Um It's really, it's really a beautiful gift that we've been able to receive out of this because it's brought us back to that uh, innate aspect of our, like it's our birthright, right? Even though we think about that, we're like, oh, like, are we selfish? Are we the crazy ones? Like what is going on here for us thinking this way? Um, But that's just how powerful the narrative
1: is, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Lindsay, what about you? I think the big things that come to mind for me when I think of sovereignty is like kind of what makes and Chelsea have already said is like authenticity and like autonomy. Like I get to make decisions. Like it's yeah. Like I'm in charge. Like I have the autonomy to make my decisions for myself, for my family. Um, and then yeah, being authentic too. like, again, without Making those choices, but without fear of what everyone is going to say or think or whatever. I like Chelsea very much. Worry about like what people are going to say about me, and I've lost enough friends in my life um, by being authentic that I've learned that that's just the best way to do it. But it doesn't make it easy. Um, but when you're trying to be a sovereign being, then yeah, showing up as authentically yourself is kind of what it's all about. I love
0: that, and I I hope and I believe that we're popularizing the whole concept of personal freedom to make that mainstream again so that more people aren't afraid to share their thoughts or ask questions or their perspectives and their views on things without so much worry and fear that they're going to lose something or someone as a result. And it's been this insurmountable force that has been surrounding us all for, I think, far longer than we've ever been able to wrap our heads around of just how filtered we have been or, or how, uh, you know, we've been told we're to this or we're to that, or you can't say that in public, or you can't post that online, or you can't share that with this person. And we have unconsciously just kind of accepted that. And something that I've noticed with myself is that I have so much more energy now, than I did before, because the energy drain of having to like constantly have your mind switched on about like what you can say and what what is acceptable with this person and then this family member and then then this employer and then this person and da, da, da. and you're like chameleoning your way through all of these spaces in order for everyone to be pleased with you or for everyone to be able to see you in the way that you really want to be seen, um, even though you're not actually being seen, because you're not being true to yourself. So that's been something that's been really interesting for me is the energy (laughs) that I have of, I don't have to put in so much work and mental thought of what I can do and say, and what I can't do and say, I just say and do what feels right and true for me there's so much less friction in my own being now by just simply granting myself access to authenticity. I love your responses and I'm so excited for people to be able to experience your stories, you know, leading, I've led books um, in the past and I've I've published many and uh, this book in particular, uh, because I have so fiercely connected to your stories just with the magnitude of what we have all experienced for the last two years, And I know I've shared a lot Uh, on my Instagram when we were in the editing phase going through your stories. I'm like, holy, wow, like this is so potent and it's so real and it's so raw and it's so powerful. Uh, I hope that if you're listening right now uh, and maybe you're not of this thought process that you consider reading these stories because a big reason for this Uh, book is to also humanize the experience of people who have quite literally been dehumanized over the last two years or so, uh, simply for holding different beliefs and making different decisions. And it's really important that we have uh, live faces and beating hearts to uh, share a different perspective. So if there's any uh, curious folks or uh, skeptical folks that are tuning into this episode, head to Amazon, get your copy of this. It's probably not what you think it's going to be if you already have a preconceived notion or judgment about the freedom community or the fringe minority. I can assure you we're all very level-headed, wonderful, beautiful, heart-led human beings Um And I think you're really going to fall in love with the authors of this book. So for all of you listening, uh, your support is going to be everything for us as we embark on this book launch. Um, It's obviously a huge goal for us to get this book into as many hands and hearts as humanly possible, which is why we have chosen to run this campaign on Amazon. Uh, Typically, Uh, We do private pre-sales, but we know that we have the power of this community on our side to help us uh, expand our reach as much as possible. So we need you guys, uh, for those of you listening, head to Amazon, look up the Sovereign or just head to the link in our bio, get your copy. Uh, They will start to be printed and uh, made available by November. So if you're buying from us in the pre-sale campaign, uh, which is all of October, uh, you'll have your books in about four to six weeks, depending on when you buy it. Uh, But we need your help. We got to get on those charts because when we get on those Amazon charts, uh, more people become aware of the beautiful book that is available. So thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Meigs. Uh, It is an absolute honor to share pages of this book with all of you. Um, and I just, <laughs> I'm just like Lindsay, I, even when I created the, the concept for this book, I'm like, I don't think I really realized the magnitude of what we were embarking on here until all of a sudden it hit. Um, but it's, it's amazing to share this experience with you all. So, uh, we'll leave all your contact information as well in the show notes. So if there's any listeners that want to connect with you on, on your individual story, they'll be able to, but thanks so much, guys. I'm glad we were able to have this talk.
1: Thank you Thanks so much, Sarah. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. If you need support to grow or start your business online, be sure to connect with me at www.businesswithsarah.com forward slash connect or send us an email at team at businesswithsarah.com. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and leave a five-star rating on your favorite platform to help me reach more listeners. Until our next chat, be courageous and take some action.